Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer. I'm here with Raj Geary and Justin Labar, and we are one day removed from the greatest cheat day of all time, Halloween, and that means it's Monday, and we're talking Monday night, Raj, Raj, Justin, how was your Halloween, Raj? I know you got some kids at home. Did you guys do anything fun? Yeah, yeah, we went over to a neighbor's house, and we had some drinks, and the my youngest daughter went to her friend's house. It was the first Halloween that we weren't all together, so that was a little, you know, Aww. kids are growing up. <laughs> but Halloween on Sundays, it sucks, you know. Like uh, I feel like it's not like All Hallows Day is such a big deal that we need to respect that. You know, All Hallows Eve is October thirty first. Just have Halloween be the last Friday or Saturday of October. Makes it easier for everyone. Or you have All Hallows Day, which is November 1st, be a holiday. So do one of those two. Kids love it. It's one of the favorite holidays for kids. So let's make it easier for them. I saw you say that on social media, and I 100% agree. In fact, let's take it further. Let's just make it like Thanksgiving, a four-day weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all for it. Except we still got to (laughs) work. Oh, yeah, that's right. doesn't really change our, our schedule. But, yeah, because it feels like... Like, I don't feel like anyone really celebrated Halloween on Sunday. It was all Saturday that people were doing it, or Friday. Right. But the trick-or-treating, you still can't do it on Friday or Saturday for kids, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could go to the mall and stuff like that. They have stuff going on, but yeah. Uh, Justin, what what did you dress up as for Halloween? Uh, I dressed up as a uh, pathetic Washington football fan watching his team lose (laughs) while he was handing out candy. Uh, I, my, in my Halloween, you know, like I, the older I get, the less appealing I am to scary movies. Like, I mean, I'm excited that Scream is coming back out in January and that's like scary movie, you know, but I don't have much of a sweet tooth. Uh, my, my oldest, she was six, so she actually stayed home and helped hand out candy. She couldn't go trick or treating, which was a bummer for a six year old. Uh, my youngest, he went out, uh, I didn't see him, but apparently he did. Okay. So, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not, a, I, Halloween just does less and less for me anymore. I have the biggest sweet tooth, and I eat so much candy. I, in fact, I was to the point that I was buttoning up my shirt, and I was like, "Yeah, it's not coming on today. I'm gonna wear a wear yeah. a hoodie." Like, like I'll go trick. I'll go trick. Like, let me go trick or treat door to door. If you want to give me some buffalo chicken dip, you want to give me some hers <laughs> crab flavored Cheetos. Like, I, I'm all for the sweet tooth, but uh, you know, I don't. I, I'm not. I don't. I don't need to have uh, you know mounds and mounds of, of of Snickers bars. I've got a major sweet tooth, but I, I don't buy. You know, candy, but my, my daughters, for whatever reason, they don't like M&M's, Snickers, and Reese's, which are some of my favorite candy. So they gave them all to me last night. I, I probably ate like eight or nine pieces, and I just felt like crap today. So I've just been eating hard-boiled eggs and, and like smoothies. So just detoxing today and tomorrow. Yeah, I still have leftover candy, and it's my duty to finish it. So do you, you dress know, up, Jack? 
Uh, this year, I dressed up as a commentary member for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I worked yesterday. We had a show, and I got to call the action, which was really fun. To do. Nice, nice. Uh, so I didn't really dress up as anything. I've been dressing up as Ultimo Dragon for the past few years because I have an Ultimo Dragon mask, and I always forget to get anything, and so I just pull that out. That's what I am. We uh, very, very COVID-friendly uh, costume. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, uh, I got it a few years ago for for some reason i can't remember and i'm like oh yeah i still got that i'll just put that on and then <laughs> i have the best halloween ideas like in july and then i never follow through on them and i'm like oh yeah it's this weekend oh well i'll be ultimo dragon yeah i have a macho man outfit or i used to have a macho man outfit where it's basically the sunglasses the bandana you know all that stuff and uh that's the one outfit that i would always get the most comments on like you know it, I've, I've been michael jackson in the past and a bunch of other stuff but the the Macho Man was the one that always got uh, a bunch of people talking and, and, and the most uh, kudos. But uh, early l- last year, we were donating a bunch of our old suitcases and bags, and we had them all in one of the suitcases. And we accidentally gave one of the wrong ones, and it had all our costumes in it. So it's Aww. gone. That's so funny. But yeah, Macho Man's actually a really good one because you can do the impressions so easily, too. Yeah. yeah. So great stuff there. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, some ratings. Everyone loves chatting about ratings. We had Friday's taped AEW Rampage drawing 623,000 viewers on TNT, up 16.89% from last week's. Uh, This week, it got a 0.25 in the demo. Friday's SmackDown, though, got over a million viewers on FS1 and got a 0.29% in the demo so uh this time it looks like the friday night champion is smackdown it's usually smackdown so it's not anything new but uh this time on fs1 well i mean you know i think both shows did really well and it's kind of weird it was a really weird ratings week because you would have expected both shows to be down uh they were up against the nba and the world series and traditionally against the world series smackdown had been doing in the high 800s this was their highest uh, viewership on FS1 ever. And, I mean, barely topping the one last December. But the one last December was against college football, which usually isn't as tough against SmackDown as as the World Series is. So, being way up, they didn't advertise anything on the show. Uh, it was an afterthought. It's like they figured, like, maybe Rampage might do better, so let's not even act like we're caring this week. And, and no Brock Lesnar, no Roman Reigns, no Becky Lynch, all who were on the last FS1 show a couple weeks ago. And that show did way worse than this one. So a, a big a big number for SmackDown and same for Rampage. It was up a lot from last week for a tape show, 623,000 viewers, um, you know, up significantly. I mean, it's still one of their lower rated shows, in, you know, overall. But still against the World Series, against the NBA and to be uh, up from last week is really impressive. Yeah, it's a bit of an anomaly, especially not having Reigns or Lesnar and being on FS1 to, to do what they did. I think Mar- I think some of it might be the explanation of, you know, it's been a couple years now, I think, what, two years almost exactly to the month that um, SmackDown's been on Fox. Maybe now we're starting to see, you know, it just setting in with people that, you know, it's on, it's in the Fox brain. It, it, gets the, it gets the Fox family promoted them. I mean, you, you can't watch uh, uh, an NFL game on Fox without them at least having a, a quick uh, drop in to promote SmackDown and what's coming up, and, and they do that throughout the other Fox uh, sports programming. So, you know, maybe that is finally starting to pay off. That that takes time to to build up that 
<clears throat> that brand awareness, so to speak, of being part of the family. So maybe that is the case of where it's, you know, it's, it's doing that because, yeah, like all the things Rosh said, I can't believe when I saw the numbers and then I look back and I'm like, you know, who's, you know, what was the reason to tune in to SmackDown? Right. Do you think maybe there's something to Halloween was this weekend? And I think, like I said, a lot of people probably were going to go party on Saturday and they said, hey, I'm just going to stay home and watch TV on Friday night. Eh, not really i I wouldn't think that's a reason i mean (laughs) usually people just party both nights unless you're an old hag (laughs) no i'm kidding Uh, um no or if if, if anything they partied hard friday they couldn't they couldn't do it again saturday yeah if anything you would think that would the fact that it's halloween weekend would hurt the rating you know some so yeah. Yeah, it was it was weird uh you know uh fs1 obviously is way weaker of a network than usa tnt and you know i pointed this out because i know some people are like well fs1 will still have, get some big games on it's like well that it's not the same thing because big games major sports uh you know playoff games things like that they're gonna do big numbers people will find those yeah but in general uh, FS1 is a way weaker station, and and I pointed out that when SmackDown moved to, to uh, moved to Fox, the last month they were on USA, they were usually doing the 2.1 million range in viewers. The first, the next month, that October, once they moved and they had the air on FS1, they did 888,000 viewers. So they went from 2.1 on cable the month before to 888,000. So I think that shows kind of the big difference between an off night on FS1 as opposed to an established night on a USA or TNT or something like that. Do you think there's anything, because they didn't really advertise anything for the SmackDown and none of the stars were on it. It does really great. Is there anything to take away with saying, hey, maybe it doesn't matter who's on the show. We, we talk about the draws people are, but maybe it is just if you're going to tune into WWE or going to tune into WWE. Uh, you know, I think kind of what Justin said, people maybe are just getting more used to finding it on FS1. Um, like they're a little more aware because when they do advertise something on its regular night on Fox, you do usually do see a bump, whether it's the retro night uh, when they did Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, when they advertise like a world title match, you see the numbers go up. So, um, yeah, it's just a weird, a weird ratings week. Yeah. Um, so something happened today. Or not today, but this week. That's a little disappointing. Dan Housen, uh, Ring of Honor star. He suffered a broken leg in two places. He revealed on Twitter uh, how he suffered a leg injury during Sunday's Next Generation Wrestling event in Tennessee while teaming with Warhorse against the Renegades of Flight. Uh, Dan Housen returned to Twitter to- today with an update, noting that he suffered a broken tibia and fibia in his left leg. Tweeted a photo from the hospital along with various links for fans to help while he's out of work. Justin, we were talking about this a little bit uh, off air before we started. It's obviously very disappointing for this to happen to Dan Housen, but he's one of those guys I think even when he can't get in the ring will still find a way to make himself relevant and and entertaining as a character, whether it be on social media or at events uh, on camera somehow. Absolutely. Um, I, I put him in the same class as, uh, in terms of guys that are out there on the <clears throat> independent wrestling slash entertainment scene, uh, like an RJ City, uh, a guy RJ you know used to manage for many years um, when he'd work out of here out of Pittsburgh or through the East, and RJ's a guy who I mean he he doesn't want entrance music or if he does he plays you know uh, he used to be on a Nickelodeon show so he'll play a Nickelodeon song to come out or or he'll sing his way to the ring he'll sing an old 
you know, come fly with me or something. You know, like, he's a guy, what I mean, he's a guy who he can be extremely entertaining for weeks and months on end without having to take a bump. Um, and Dan Housen kind of has that same vibe to him. He, he's really good at engaging people on social media. He's very creative. Uh, again, a very engaging character. So, obviously, never good to see somebody hurt. And it sounds like those injuries are something that's going to be, um, you know, a lot of months of rehab. So, not good when the wrestling scene, the independent scene, at least, is, is continuing to open back up uh, to, to, to have shows. So, that's not good. But, like I said, he, that, there's nothing to say that he still can't get himself booked and find himself to be a commodity. Whether or not he can get paid the same amount because he's not going to be able to go in the ring and bump, that's going to be his business to figure out. But mm-hmm. I still think he can keep himself relevant. Yeah, the yeah, timing. I, oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, well, I, I was going to say that he's one of those guys that even if a company brought him in to a backstage interview, for instance, and he was interviewing wrestlers, it would be wildly entertaining. Him in a wheelchair being Dan House and interviewing people would just be fun to watch. I could see him doing all sorts of stuff that would bring value. So uh, hopefully he's able to continue that. And uh, as mentioned, he does have links to how you can help him out. So if you are a fan, help the guy out. That's how you support the people you love. But Raj, you had a, a point. Yeah, I was saying the timing's bad for him. I, I mean, the timing of this is never good. But um, uh, basically, he's about to get released from his ROH contract if he hasn't yet. So he's at the point now where he could have gone to AEW. And um, I could see AEW you know, signing him. He kind of fits that that mold. He's got a very unique character. Um, I, I could have easily seen them signing him. So it it's kind of sucks you know, for him in, in that regard. I think he'll still find his way. I, sure. I'm very, very high on uh, Dan House, and I think he'll do great. But, yeah, you mentioned the Ring of Honor situation, being released from this contract, and everyone being released from their contract. And, again, this was something we chatted about just before we went on air. But just to kind of clarify for everyone, in case they don't know, Ring of Honor is releasing all of its talents at the end of the year and will be doing shows, but – not with contracted talent anymore. Uh, Raj, do you mind sort of letting the viewers know, the listeners know exactly what's going on with that or what we understand so far? Yeah, basically um, for our, the ROH talent, if their contracts were expiring at the end of this year, they will not be renewed and they would then become free agents. If they have contracts, uh, the talent have contracts that go beyond January 1st, they'll remain under contract for at least a little period of time, probably around March or April uh, before being released. Basically, their upcoming final battle pay-per-view on December 11th, that's their last show until they have a show planned for April. Um, but as, the ROH as we knew it, it is for all intents and purposes, it's it's gone. Yeah. And um, I don't see, after releasing everyone, how no matter what changes they make, they could get back to that level as far as a weekly TV show and uh, Sinclair has ha- been having tons of problems, so I'm sure that's that's part of it why this decision was made. But yeah, yeah, ROH, uh, you know, it's it's too bad because it was just two years ago when they had that Madison Square Garden show. I know, uh, you know, they 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 weren't the only ones. It was New Japan. Uh, some people argue that the um, the expectation that Kenny Omega and the Bucks would be there helped sell it out so quickly. Uh, but regardless, they were a part of that show and a big part, and they seemed to have some steam. And it's like Sinclair just never footed the bill and really put the money into it to get it to that next level. And you kind of see it. what happened with AEW is probably what could have happened uh, with the right people in charge and the investment from Sinclair uh, to 
you know, uh, uh, upgrade their production and their look and just really sign the big names. Well, let's not forget, in addition to the MSG show, uh, ROH is the one who owns the video for the very first all-out show. Um, oh, or all, excuse me, all-in show. Uh, you know, which many would then point to as kind of like the, you know, on purpose or accidental birth of, hey, we can do this and uh, what becomes of AEW. You know, I mean, I, I, I still think that, um, yeah, first off, Ring of Honor is officially out of the, their, their hats out of the game. They are no longer there to be in the category of, okay, you have WWE and then you have who's fighting to, to take the WWE space, you know, the AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact in terms of uh, in, in the U.S. Uh, they're, they're no longer that. They are now just going to be, you know, probably just a higher end, you know, independent spot show. Um, you know, they're not going to, you're not going to be able to make a living just working Ring of Honor because they're not going to offer a contract just to be a Ring of Honor superstar and, and then work indies at their discretion. That's that's done. So, you know, I look at it as I think that where that momentum was starting to come a couple years ago, um, I really feel like, you know, as we see Omega, the Bucks, and, and all the people that were tied in with Japan and where else, and they were all becoming free agents kind of at the same time of what ended up becoming AEW. I think that maybe there was a belief by Ring of Honor, by people there, maybe even Sinclair of like, we're basically going to get this. And if, if we can get this, you know, what a, again, what AEW's become, that's what, that's what we will try to create. We will try to create this, this new mega company with, with these stars from all around the world. And we'll try to grab some free agents out of the WWE world. And that just didn't happen. It ended up being a whole new company formed with AEW. And I think from that point on, I think you can look at AEW success. Oh, is it hurt WWE? Is it put, has it hurt NXT? No, I think really if you look at it, and Sinclair I'm sure has their hand in uh, their their hand at fault, but I think if you look at it, the biggest victim of an AEW success has been Ring of Honor. It's um, the thing with Ring of Honor too is, and, and great points there, Justin. I, I always wanted to look back at what they've done, and wrestling's different without Ring of Honor, and their contributions over the past uh, for a long time since they've started has just been huge, especially during that long run when it was really just the WWE and maybe TNA doing their thing. And you look at even today, so many stars in WWE are former Ring of Honor people. And now I guess some of them are also uh, there in AEW as well. And just what they've provided and what they've done has been incredible. And uh, just lots of good memories from from Ring of Honor. So uh, hopefully they find a way to continue being successful in this new this new day and age. Yeah, Dion's asking, is it true ROH continued to pay its wrestlers during the pandemic? They did. I mean, they, um, I mean, you know, WWE and AEW, they continued taping, you know, weekly or semi-weekly and, and, uh, and, and continuing while ROH, you know, pretty much stopped completely. And so there was an argument that they like played by the rules. They tried to do everything right. Um, but their problems started before the pandemic. I mean, you saw the loss of popularity once AEW started, um, you just you felt that momentum from ROH just completely coming to a halt, and uh, not just them. Impact. I mean, you know, I, I think there, up until two years ago, ROH was the number two promotion, basically mm-hmm. from when Impact got off the of Spike TV uh, until AEW was formed. You you'd probably say ROH was the number two in the U.S. I'm not counting mm-hmm. New Japan, you know. Uh, right, right. But in the U.S., ROH was the number two promotion. So. It was a rapid decline uh, after that. Well, lots of great memories from Ring of Honor. Hopefully they do big things, as I said, going forward. They find a way to make things work. But lots of great memories. And uh, I always try to think of ways to keep those memories. And one way to keep those memories is through paint your life. 
You know, our family won't be together for the holidays this year, but I found a way to bring us all together safely as a hand-painted compilation portrait from Paint Your Life. And it makes the perfect gift. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've got to try PaintYourLife.com. Get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. Send any picture of yourself, your kids, your family, a special place, a cherished pet, maybe a trip to Ring of Honor in the past if you have one of those, or combine photos into one painting. With Paint Your Life's compilation portraits, you can bring together family members who never even had the chance to meet or create a portrait of your whole family without the need for everyone to be there in the photo. Uh, Raj, I know you have a, a photo. I do. This is our, this is the paint my life, uh, paint your life that we did. Me and my family, my dog. Well, the dog is in our family. Um, yeah, it's it, it's an amazing piece of art. We have it, you know, we have it hanging up in, in our hallway. Uh, we're thinking about getting a bigger one in our basement, in our main room in the basement. Um, I mean, it's. It's a high quality. They come to you with the proof before you know before they ever finish finish the job, and they'll show you what it's going to look like. You can make adjustments. You can say, "Hey, look this this area isn't quite right," or you know, "Can can you can you look at the left ear or whatever?" What you know, you you you're a hundred percent approving it before it's sent for the the final uh, the final painting, and and it's awesome. Yeah, and like I said, the compilation thing is so cool. Like, so if you want to get the whole family together, you can do it, but you don't have to invite over the annoying mother-in-law. You can just comp her in later. It's a great, uh, great way to get around that whole meeting. I have um, it on good authority that Ring of Honor is getting a full roster painting of the full roster in the ring for one last time. They're going to paint it, and it's going to go in the halls of Sinclair Broadcasting's uh, headquarters. Good authority. Yes. Uh, so. Um, uh, so it, as a viewer or listener, however you're consuming this show, uh, at paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now there is a limited time offer. Get 20% off of your painting. That's right. 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer. Text the word wrestling to 64,000. That's wrestling to 64,000 text wrestling to 64,000. And paint your life celebrate the moments that matter the most uh great product there and uh i love it so definitely check that out we got a chat though a uh, a super chat here from peter uh anyone from ring of honor you see wwe signing justin let's throw that to you uh, uh i n- n- nobody jumps out just because like they're just state of wwe right now if if uh, this was if this was six months ago, and NXT was the NXT of six months ago, and it seemed like Triple H's vision more, I mean, yeah, we could do a whole podcast on who he might see would be beneficial for NXT or NXT UK or. But given now that NXT 2.0 is um is not that it, it you know it's it's it, you know that's just not the vision. It, it, it is get them ready for Raw and SmackDown very heavy on um very heavy on bodies and size i i nobody from roh really jumps out at me right now to, to see wb side yeah maybe a, a bandito or dragon lee um but yeah i kind of think for the most part if wwe or aew wanted someone they'd probably be there i think um 
you know, again, Bandito, Dragon Lee, uh, Roosh. I think those guys might be the exception. I could see them easily being picked up, you know, by by either company. I can see AEW being interested in a lot of the guys. I mentioned Dan Housen earlier. Um, but as far as WWE with what they're looking for, like bigger, young, uh, athletic, uh, athletic guys and women, I don't know who, who actually would fit that. <clears throat> I can I see have... like a Hammerstone in MLW, but as far as you yeah. know, an ROH, I just don't see who, who fits it. I think if anything in ROH, kind of, you know, some of what Raj said, I mean, maybe you can look at some of the women since kind of like finding quality women, uh, performers, uh, who you know who, who who work good on TV and understand? I mean, there's less depth to choose from than there are the men, in my opinion. So I, I could see them maybe taking a look at okay, is there a girl here or there? You know, Maria Canellas, who of course left WWE after a very flat run with her and Mike. Um, you know, she was that was kind of her big project was the Ring of Honor Women's Division. Um, does she find herself back in the WWE circles to help produce a women's division? I don't think that's out of the question. I'm not saying like right away, but like never say never kind of kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. and maybe someone like a Roxy as well. Uh, she's um, she's really good, and she's the ROH Women's Champion. So I, I could see someone like that too. So yeah, definitely maybe more on the women's side, but. Um, yeah, on yeah. the men's side, I almost think that being a part of Ring of Honor would hurt their chances because I feel like they want more people who with no experience to train them their own way than someone who's already been wrestling and having to retrain them into the WWE style at this point. Which is how it yeah. seems with the way NXT is these days. As fascinating as he is, <laughs> as much dream potential as there is, I don't see uh I don't see PCO stepping up to uh be challenging for the US title or anything anytime soon or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Jay you know, Jay Lethal is someone I if it was probably under Triple H, I could almost see it happening then. But now with this new direction, I almost feel like he might be a little too old um, for what they're trying to do. He might, you know, he's the kind of guy. He falls in that elk of again the <clears throat> the TNAs of the abysses, and he falls in that elk of he could be a backstage producer. That seems to be where they yeah. kind of are settling these guys who are well traveled, solid talent, solid hands have been a talent in every other company, but. You know, Vince doesn't have a spot for them if they're 40 years old or over, and, you know, unless you're a few few exceptions that are on TV. Um, but I could see, again, getting the tryout to be a producer to help them behind the scenes as they've phased out the Arn Andersons, Dean Malenko's, all that previous guard of, of producers. Right. Yeah, a lot of these guys, wherever they go, having regardless of where Ring of Honor has been for the past few years, having Ring of Honor on the resume is going to be helpful. And I think a lot of these guys and girls – are going to get fresh starts somewhere, one way or the other. And speaking of fresh starts, uh, we have HelloFresh today I want to chat with you guys about. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. As fall transitions to winter, there's nothing better than cozying up but with a comforting home-cooked meal. Recipes like chicken ramen and uh, shoyu-style broth and turkey ragu. Gnoshi? I don't know how to pronounce the names of these. But no, no, G-N-O-C-C-H-I. I, yeah, I Noki. <laughs> Noki? Okay. Uh, <laughs> make it a no-brainer to skip on paying their takeout. I just know it's delicious, Raj. Cut me some slack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
HelloFresh isn't just for meals. Their marketplace features a variety of add-ons for breakfast, desserts, and seasonal snacks like Pillsbury pumpkin cookie dough. I've already told you I have a sweet tooth. That Pillsbury pumpkin cookie dough. I can pronounce that one pretty well because that's one I like. Uh, share. So, uh, guys, what are some of the, uh, the stuff you guys have had recently? Have you tried anything new? Like I said, I like that Pillsbury pumpkin cookie dough. My favorite with every order, I always try to get the barbecue cheddar pork burgers. They, mm. they, they come with these uh, these potato fries on the side. Uh, it has this caramelized onions, the Yukon gold potatoes. It's so good. I get it every time. Uh, my daughters aren't big meat eaters, uh, mm. especially my oldest daughter, but they love it. And, and they kind of make an exception. That's the only burger that she'll eat. She, she doesn't eat beef. But... Um, yeah, these barbecue cheddar pork burgers. I get them. I try to get them every time. They're absolutely fantastic. I have had their meatballs. I'm forgetting the what this. It's something Swedish meatballs. Yeah, the meatballs. But, yeah, it, it it's the convenience. It really is. Like if you are a person on the go, um, and you don't want to constantly be having to order takeout and obviously unhealthy, you know, getting get yourself in the trap of unhealthy drive-throughs or something. It's it really is convenience. As long as you have a, as long as wherever you're at, you have a a fridge. As long as you have a place to have it. You know, just just kept. Um, it it really is a winning a winning formula. And like like these guys said, there's something for everybody. Whatever your taste is, they have it. It's just you just gotta find it and find your lane and get into it. It is super convenient. No matter how bad of a cook you are, like they dummy proof it pretty hard. Trust me, I'm the ultimate cooking dummy, and I get through it just fine and make it. It, it always tastes amazing. So try it out. You Jack, tell ahead. the truth. You've had somebody come over for a date, and you've pulled the old Hello Fresh. And it looked like, and you had like the candles yeah. lit on the table. Like it looks like you slaved away for hours. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's almost like a TV show where it's in the trash, and I slide the trash can away so you can't. see Oh, it. it's, it's like a total yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, you, you, you know. Yes. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? That's <laughs> if you guys haven't, you should. It makes you look like a total stud in the kitchen. Uh, but I think everyone else should try it here. So. Go to HelloFresh.com slash INC14 and use code INC14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. Go to HelloFresh.com slash INC14. Use the code INC14 and you get up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. That means 14 free meals. That's a, That's like a week of food. I'm not good a at math. Week. That's Maybe like not a month. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of food they're giving you for free. Uh, so try it out. It's uh, it's America's number one meal kit. So why wouldn't you try it? Uh, let's talk about wrestling for a little bit. Let's talk about WWE Raw. This was a fantastic show. Uh, not just Raw, but this actual episode that we're talking on right now. Thank you to everyone who's watching this watching us, listening to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're in the chat, whether you're Flobo or Oz, you guys or Michael, thank you so much for being part of the show and interacting. Make sure to hit us up with a, a uh, super chat and you can get your question read on air. Let's get to it. Let's get to a show. I thought this was a banger episode of Raw. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so we, we well, you thought this was fantastic? I thought this was a great episode. Are great. You this was All a right, great uh... episode. Let's start uh, down this path and see where we're Trick or treat. <laughs> so we start off with Bianca and Becky doing some backstage promos. They go into a match that was like a 30-minute match that they went back and forth 
Lots of stuff here. Becky eventually gets the win. And there's there's two things I didn't like about this episode. The rest of it I thought was amazing. I just, I keep saying, I don't like that Becky looks like a chump all the time. Or not Becky, Bianca looks like a chump all the time. But other than that, I thought this was great. What did you guys think? I, I thought overall this was a really fun match. A good match. Uh, I'm continuing to be in awe of Bianca Belair's uh, athleticism. She just, you know, I mean, she's she's early 30s, so she's not, like, young, young, but she's right there at, like, prime age. And, of course, you know, when they do need to get younger, when you look at like, who they rely on as their top, you know, marquee stars. So I, there's a lot I love about her. I think she's just really appealing to, to and checks a lot of boxes. So all for that. I, I and I thought the finish was good. I thought the way you know we, Becky wins through some shenanigans with the with the turnbuckle, it was a good finish. Uh, good finishing sequence. It kind of fits the story. My biggest complaint actually is I'll fast is I'll go backwards. Is we did not see the first entrance, which was Bianca's. We did not see the first entrance until five minutes in. They did, you know, their nice video package, and then they do Bianca and Gorilla. Then she goes out. Then they do Becky interviewing Gorilla. Like, I, I don't know. And, and maybe it's kind of what we talked about SmackDown earlier. Maybe it's like whoever's watching a three-hour Raw, <laughs> whoever's watching at this point is just they're just trained. They're doing it no matter what. They're doing it whether they like it or not. It's just part of their routine. So maybe it doesn't matter. <clears throat> but I'm always of the belief, like, give me urgent booking. I'm not saying it needs to be car crash jerry springer but i just feel like just, there's just there's a lack of urgency it's, it's just a same old pace oh, oh you're the same folks here for the eight o'clock come on in find your seat no give me like a reason to where like you're grabbing somebody uh and, and frantically shaking them saying you're not gonna believe what's coming up next it just that that was my biggest fault but after they got going match was fun good match i i, re- I actually really like that opening video that that opening video package it made it feel like you're about to watch a pay-per-view match so i I like how they did that i'd like to see them do that more because sometimes these video packages can be hit or miss i don't i don't know if you remember a couple years ago when they were doing the the last week on raw and it was like this ultra cheesy uh they were trying to make it like a soap opera or something but this was way better i thought it was i thought it was awesome i thought the match was really good again i i just i i if you took that match in like the old NXT takeover setting, uh, I think it, it just works so much better. But it's just so overproduced right now that I feel like it's hard for the crowd to go become unglued because of how overproduced that whole stage setting, the the ringside area, the ring area, and everything is. But I thought this match was great. I think just the crowd didn't seem as as hot as it should have been for for everything that they were doing and what the stakes are. I agree with you, Jack. Bianca is just, you know, she was like left lane by Becky last week. She's just, she needs something. And to just beat her again, I don't know. I just think it it makes her look weak. But at the same time, I don't think Becky should have lost quite yet either. Uh, I don't think they should have done a DQ. I just don't think they should have had this match yet. They didn't do do a DQ. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, I'm not, Um, I don't think Becky should have lost, but I don't, I, it's kind of one of those. I don't want either of them to win, and then the way out usually is a DQ, and I don't want that either. I just feel like if if you're going to beat, if you want Becky to go over, have someone other than Bianca, just because she, Bianca is one of your top stars. Get her some get her some momentum again before you have her and Becky square off because she, she's been on the losing end a lot. I, I want to go to the the chat. T Smitty three thousand with a uh, super chat says. So, um, am I still supposed to quote unquote? Let it play out with Bianca. In my opinion, Bianca gained nothing by feuding with Becky. 
I want to just double down on on that, T. Smitty. I think we're kind of parking our cars in the same garage there. I I'm a huge Bianca fan. Just sort of full to to put all the cards on the table. I'm a little biased because I think she's she's amazing, but. I think she's literally – I don't think there's ever been a time she's gotten the last laugh in this thing with Beyond, uh, with Becky Lynch. I think every time Becky Lynch has either left her laying or gotten the last word or done something, and that's what makes this one her. If, if Bianca had gotten some wins along the way, maybe it wouldn't feel so bad, but I think Becky got the upper hand every single time since SummerSlam – and I mean, I'm saying SummerSlam and Christmas is next month. That's how long this has been going on. Yeah, I don't think Bianca's gotten a big win since SummerSlam, right? Uh, I'm trying no. to. Th- I mean, no, she, she beat Charlotte by DQ, but that was in a flat finish. But I'm talking about like really beating someone and and elevating her. I mean, maybe maybe there's someone here or there, but as far as like a big win, she hasn't had one. Yeah, no, you're not, you know, Jack, you're not wrong. You know, T. Smitty's not wrong, but I am going to kind of say T. Smitty, yeah, you still do need to let it play out because I, while since August, yeah, she, Becky has gotten the upper hand every time on Bianca when they cross past. Bianca, it, it is still going to play out for Bianca. Bianca's either going to win Rumble or she's going to, I mean, like, yeah, she's, she's here to stay. She eventually will get one on Becky and she's not, like, I mean, she's here to stay. She's going to be in the world title picture. So, you know, yeah, Becky came back very abrupt, the whole 26-second thing, and Becky's Becky. She's got a place, um, so uh, you know, there's that. But I, while you don't want to hear this, yeah, you do still need to let it play out with Bianca because she's going to get hers. She will. You might you might want it now, and you might say, yeah, it should be now. Let's, fre- let's freshen up, but sh- don't worry. She ain't going anywhere. I hope you're right, but I think a lot of times when we do say we'll let it play out, we do, and it doesn't work out. Well... We'll we'll see. I mean, we have no no choice but to let it ride and see. But I hope Bianca comes back. I'm, I I think she's such a superstar. Uh, but we go from one superstar to another. Austin Theory and Rey Mysterio have a showdown. I thought this was a second match that was really really good. Uh, I think, and I think we've said it before. Austin Theory is a star, and I think we see that with the fact that he's having a match with Rey Mysterio. And even though there was shenanigans at the end, he's getting a win over Mysterio. I love this. Again, I said I like this episode because I thought this was a great match. Austin Theory gets a win, stays undefeated. The rift between Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio continues to grow. I thought that I thought as opposed to the other one, I thought this one played out perfectly. Uh, Raj, do you did you like how this one worked out? Yeah, I think Austin, I mean, he just feels like a completely different guy from the guy we saw last year on the main roster when he was with Andrade and Zelina Vega. I mean, he was really bland then. Now he's just he's just got that, he's got it. He, he just has that swagger, that asshole quality. Uh, we, you know, we've talked about it before. He just comes across as the guy you just don't like. You, you wouldn't want, uh, you know, that's at the frat house that that's just a prick. And he's great at it. You know, I tweeted this earlier tonight, but if he was around 2003, I bet you they would have considered him for evolution because he's got that 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 whole package. And, he's uh, got that young Randy Orton feel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. He, he, it's the winning formula. He he looks like a million bucks. He's the guy that you wouldn't leave alone in a room with your girlfriend. Uh, so from a girl's from a female fan perspective, what's the you know? Let them make their uh, call there, whether or not they find him appealing or not. From a, from a guy's perspective, he plays the perfect kill. 
yeah, the swagger. I mean, he does the Eddie Guerrero mocking of the Eddie Guerrero. He did it last week against Dominic. Yeah, this and the finish was a protective and productive finish. Uh, you know, yeah, to the Ray Dominic. If we're you know leading to a long term point of a match between those two, uh, keeps Austin Theory undefeated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's he's there, and I, I agree, Raj. I kind of felt, felt the same thing. It, you know, you feel like an early two thousands Orton. Where this young, you know, again talking about age and young stuff. This guy's twenty four, so he's he is young, and he looks like, and he's he's young, and he's they're parading out the veterans who they know days are numbered. They're letting them beat the Jeff Hardys and the Rey Mysterios, and I'm sure we got more lined up. So they, they you know, they obviously see something uh, in the plans for this guy. And when you hear him do his promos, he doesn't come across as forced. Or like he's acting. The selfie stuff maybe a little bit, but outside of that, his promos and everything, he's it's he sounds like that's him. Because right now, if you watch NXT, a lot of those guys, it just sounds like they're playing a character. They're trying to figure out this character, and that's what they're supposed to be doing. That's what NXT is there for. And uh, Austin Theory, he he blends right into it. He's he's great. I think there's something about in WWE if you can prove you can play a goof and kind of an idiot then that will take you very far. Because that's what he was when he first came to the main roster last year. He was a serious guy. He was all about wrestling. It wasn't clicking. Then he went to NXT, joined the way, was a goof, was kind of silly. Now he just feels more comfortable in everything he's doing. I think because he's kind of gotten out of his system. Like he's been a goof. Now he can be, he's still kind of goofy, but he can be more himself. I think that loosened him up a lot. Just getting that out of his system. Let me make my, we're, uh, let's see, what are we? One, two, or like, what? Three months out from uh, from Rumble. Like Rumble. I'm gonna make my call. Uh, he's not winning, but also theory yeah. to be that guy. He, he's gonna be that like surprise guy. Is like the final four. I guess oh. that surprise so, hey. guy where it's like, ooh, look at him. Really quick, yeah. Ricky. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> I, did, I did mute it for that sneeze, but <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> I'm really uh, disappointed that you didn't make him pay a super chat to say. <laughs> Come on, Raj. It's not just super chats. Be a worker. We have time. Work, hustle, hustle, hustle. Your allergies need to hustle too. Uh, so, um, speaking of hustling, we got Rollins, Big E, and KO uh, with a showdown in the ring, chatting at each other. I usually love Rollins suits, but I said on Twitter, he kind of looked like a zany substitute teacher tonight with his outfit. <laughs> uh, they, they get into an argument about who should have shook whose hand and not getting respected. And then Kevin Owens comes out and says he should be the face of, of Raw. And now we're going to get Big E versus uh, KO for the first time ever. That seemed like a fake stat to me, but apparently it's real. They haven't had a match. So I came excited for it. I liked how this played out. Justin, some character work, some some mic time. Uh, did you like these three in the ring on the mic? Uh, yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting what Kevin said. I think at one point he said, you know, whether it's three months I'm here or three years, and you know, there's a lot of intrigue about Kevin Owens' contract, which I think is up in three months <laughs> of what of what he'll do. So that was interesting, a little nugget if you're paying attention. Uh, yeah, and Seth Rollins, he Rollins, uh, he has this like, and I haven't seen the movie, so I'm saying this very. I've only seen the previews and I've seen like little clips. He has this Joker-ish, and I'm talking about the the most recent Joker movie that um, yeah. uh, uh, Phoenix was in. Yes, thank right. you, Joaquin. Yeah. Joaquin um, Phoenix, yeah. I was going to say Joaquin Wild. <laughs> <laughs> the most recent Joker. Very movie. different, different yes. Joker movie. 
um, that the walking Phoenix. And yeah, from everything I've seen, the way that character is, that's what I kind of feel like with Seth. You know, and, and the music, it's got that oh, it's got that kind of the weird oh's to it, and he's he's doing some weird dancing, and he's you know, that, that's that's the vibe I'm getting. I don't hate it. I mean, it, it's it, he, you know, I think Seth Rollins, he's one of those guys who, if you look at the stats in the last like five, six, seven years, he's probably had more matches than most anybody he's been like one of their workhorses they were they've relied on he's been he always been face he's been the face of the corporation he's been the big you know so like he he needs to reinvent himself um and i'm intrigued by him i will yeah the zany weird suits and whatever i'm, I'm kind of intrigued by it uh, i don't know it's hard to stay with these fans if they're really into it if they care if, if he's a good enough heel i thought providence rhode island was a little quiet at times and here i am thinking like what the hell is rhode island had to, to cheer about or events to attend why aren't they right. you know i mean you know, they, yeah. they, they did pop actually for biggie saying oh how about me and you to seth rollins right here tonight they went crazy for that right <laughs> that was like the biggest thing was the temptation of a match that they, they didn't get right. <laughs> but they knew they weren't getting by yeah, any time a heel says that you know what's coming yeah. Um, but Seth Rollins, you know, going back to the Austin Theory thing where I said it, Austin Theory doesn't feel like he's acting, like he, he blends into that character so well. Seth Rollins isn't there yet with this. Like, it, it feels like he's acting. It's, it's kind of obnoxious. I know he's supposed to be obnoxious, but obnoxious in a way where he feels like he's trying too hard. And, again, maybe he blends into it. I never felt like he did with the Messiah character when he was doing oh, that. that. Was, oh. Yeah. But I thought he did when he was in The Authority. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe he'll get it, but I don't think he's there yet. There was another little nugget that, uh, Owens had where he, he mentioned the Mount Rushmore, like, uh, you're not the Mount Rushmore and the Mount Rushmore was what he called himself, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks back in the day in PWG. I, uh, I like Rollins character. I'm loving what he's doing. I'm, I'm a fan. I like that. He's kind of a, a, a wacko. He's, I think he's interesting to see. I, and I think him and Big E are going to have some fun promos back and forth. I think they're going to play off each other really well. It, it's way better than Messiah. The Messiah yeah. mixed. The Messiah was cringe, and it didn't help that the Messiah was during the the worst of the the performance center shows. Yeah, uh, trying to block so, out. Yeah, so <laughs> it just it, it not that it would have been that much better if it, the whole run was happening in front of arenas, yeah. but. I'll say the Messiah character for me, anyways, was it was it was great. No, it was the best thing ever. No, I just say it didn't work, but it was also something I don't hold against him. I just kind of go, eh, you tried it, not not it though. Swing and miss. Yeah, sometimes you're like, this is a horrible, get out of here. This is a failure. This was, I thought Messiah was more just, eh, maybe try again, give it another go. (laughs) But uh, Dion in the chat says, thank you for the free question earlier. Oh, it disappeared. Thank you for the free question earlier. I can't think of another smart question. So, have you heard of the movie The Spine of the Night? It's an old school rotoscope, an homage of the 80s heavy metal movie. I have not heard of it. Have you guys heard of it? I have not. And I have not seen heavy metal either. I don't know if you guys have seen that. This is when we need Glenn Rubenstein. Glenn would have known this. Yeah, Glenn would be all over this. Glenn would be going <laughs> off for 10 minutes with that question. <laughs> Glenn's authored the trivia of this movie on imdb.com. <laughs> I saw Heavy Metal like a long time ago. I don't really remember what it's about, but um, I saw it a very long time ago. Uh, 
something that feels like we saw it a long time ago. Queen Zelina and Carmella teamed up to take on Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. Uh, Carmella and Zelina, they looked like they were going to get into a fight but uh, and not like each other back during Queen of the Ring, but now they're friends. Carmella clearly thinking if you can't beat them, join them. They get a win over the tag team champions while all the locker room looks on at, from the monitor. Uh, Justin, we're getting a, a tag team contenders match next week, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, probably. You know, Zelina and Carmella, actually, weirdly, they kind of, this kind of works. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's good. You know, Zelina's on kind of a nice upswing of momentum. Good for her. I mean, she deserves it. Uh, you know, she's one of the better women they have. Carmella, see, this seems to be, again, I think, clicking. This seems to be like some of the best Carmella stuff. You know, this whole how beautiful she is and protected the face. And I don't know. You know, and then, you know, it's very well known. Her relationship with Corey is one of the more public relationships of any of them uh, on social media and such. So it's kind of nice that they're finally just letting Corey just dote over her. Because, I mean, there was a point in time in the past where Corey Grace had been on commentary and, like, I don't know. It, it was just, it was almost like awkward that he like almost like avoided like even t- mentioning that she was in the ring. I don't know. Maybe that was just my, that was me yeah. thinking too closely. But so I don't know. I, this is kind of working, is what I'm getting at. So I, I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, Rhea Ripley feels dead in the water again. Yes. Um, like, it went there fast. It's like every time they bring her up, they find a way to not know what to do with her character, not let her be herself. And she, this thing with her and uh, Nikki ASH just sucks. I feel bad for them. They're the tag team champions, I know, but it means nothing. Uh, there are no other women's tag teams right now. So I'd love to be a fly on a wall for a conversation that Vince has had with Rhea Ripley, if he's had a conversation with her. Right. Which yeah. Is, yeah. It's, I, 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 it's funny because when they paired them up, you can almost imagine them going, this will be great. It'll give them this thing and we'll be able to use them. And then they did it. And then they're like, oh, wait, what do we do with them? There's no other teams. Yeah. And now the fear is that, for my fear, Zelina and Carmella are going to win the titles. And this is going to be great. The Queen and Carmella together. And then they're going to be like, well, what do we do with them? There's no other tag teams. And it's going to be the the same exact thing in two months. Well, that's what they had. They had just a bunch of random people backstage looking on. None of them are in a tag team. Uh, You had Dewdrop and uh, Dana Brooke and uh, I forget. Liv Morgan. Was Liv Morgan back there? I think so. Because she showed up later with Becky, yeah. which I'll get to that. But um yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I just hate what they're doing with the women's tag division, but that being said, I thought Zelina and Carmelo they 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 played off each other well. And and they are two of the better personalities uh on Raw. So, you know, we'll see where it goes, but I is Zelina getting another win. It's like five or six in a row. It's the longest streak she's ever had in WWE. So, uh, good for her. I feel like she's uh she's got a great character, so yeah. yeah. Um, so Oz in the chat says, Raj, thoughts on matches for Survivor Series? Also, hi, Jack. Hi, Oz. How are you? Hey, Oz. Uh, just uh, who are the tag champs on SmackDown right now? The Usos, right? Yeah. Yes. So I guess it's Roman beating Big E. I'm, going, I'm guessing Becky beat Charlotte. So those are probably the two biggest matches. Um, then Usos, pro- uh, rated, uh, Team RKO, Rated RKO beats the uh, uh the usos damien priest beats nakamura what, what other titles are there is that that's about who does it, right? who does reggie beat well uh, charlotte and <laughs> becky yeah that's what i was saying i think becky beat charlotte yeah yeah that makes sense 
That makes sense across the board. Yeah, so I'll, I'll co-sign that. And then team, so how many for, is that for SmackDown? That's that's Roman, and I guess that's it, right? So maybe yeah, the Usos beat uh, Rated well, R2. That, oh, yeah. And then yeah. Team SmackDown wins the five-on-five elimination match. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I'll buy that. Yeah. Um, and then Wrestling Enthusiast says, Raj, do you know when RVD signed a merch deal with WWE? Gosh, I wanted to say that was around the time of the Hall of Fame. Um, I'll have to double check. I'm not sure, but I, I, so don't quote me on it. But I think, it, I think I remember hearing it about about it back then. But I'll, I'll, I'll check on that. Um, so we get a backstage segment, and the oh, alpha. We got one more. Oh, I didn't see that was one. Uh, outside of Batista, who do you see being in the 2022 Hall of Fame? I mean, there's only two, right now in terms of guys that are like truly retired, and I don't consider Cena retired. No. And in terms of guys that are like truly retired, you have The Rock, but you hold that until you have an LA situation. And you have The Undertaker, and 2022, we're going to be in Texas. I mean, yeah. I think the Hall of Fame is going to be back to having fans. The Hall of Fame is, you know, just like any wrestling show, it's about selling tickets, about it's about getting TV viewership. I mean, you could argue. What a bigger draw than inducting the Undertaker! I mean, granted, he's broke the character a lot in the last year, year and a half, and done a lot of interviews, so it's not going to be as novel. But still, this guy who you know Vince will let talk for as long as he wants, and he probably won't talk for very long because it's not his style. But there's not going to be any um, say, editing. Mark Calloway, take all the time you want. Uh, I mean, what a Hall of Fame speech he could give. Do you think? I I think we'll see. Mark Calloway, you know, getting uh, doing the speech for for the Hall of Fame, you know, the one sitting down with Steve Austin on Broken Skull Sessions. So. Yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah, no, it'll be obviously he'll be introduced to the Undertaker, but yeah, he right. will be he'll be out of character. He's not going to talk like he's given a dead man speech, right? Um, but uh, what I mean is, you know, yeah, we've seen him do, uh, we've seen him out of character as Mark, but I think it'll still be a big deal. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, you know, that's 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 a huge draw. Yeah, I agree. I think it's Taker. It makes all the sense in the world. He's actually going to be on the on-sale uh, party. Uh, he was announced for that. Um, and uh, I think he finally gets that send-off in front of fans. You know, they did that thing at Survivor Series at the uh, Thunderdome. But now you have Taker inducted, and then you have him at WrestleMania. I, I don't know when they'd do this ceremony or if they'd even do that as a public ceremony now uh, with WrestleMania being two nights. I could see them... Um... I could see them somehow co-aligning it with SmackDown. Like, somehow they do it with Fox or something where, like, maybe... Like, you know, afterwards, it's the special yeah, on like Yeah, like, if SmackDown... Well, yeah, well that's, that's the tricky thing. Oh, like, yeah, but pla- Fox and Peacock. Right, so it's right. like, where do you do it? So I, I could see that being a big thing that they offer Fox. It's like, since Mania is going to be on Peacock, we give something to you like this, something special where, um, whether it's an hour before SmackDown, 7 to 8, the Hall of Fame, or whether... It's an hour after, or it's two hours. I don't know. It depends on how many uh, inductees they do. But um, I, I think they try to tie it in on a f- Friday because... Yeah, they could do it Thursday night, since Thursday night's completely open. Yeah, and it feels like they're trying to make WrestleMania a week. Like, it's the WrestleMania yeah. week. So, that would make sense. But I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, Undertaker's a slam dunk. I think they're going to go so big for this WrestleMania. And, and So, yeah, you have that. You have him inducted on Thursday or whenever they do it. He does his appearance at WrestleMania. And then Monday Night on Raw, he does, a, you know, kind of a, a speech in front of the fans again. So That's true because, yeah, I guess there's no takeover to be accounted for. So, yeah, I guess yeah, you could do Thursday Hall of Fame, Friday SmackDown, Saturday Sunday Mania. Right. 
Monday Raw, yeah. 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 So uh, Alpha Academy, uh, they don't like Big E for some reason. And then they go on to have a match with Finn Balor. I like this match, and I'll tell you why. Because it was a good matchup. And this was the perfect kind of great matchup that Finn Balor can have and get a win. It's entertaining, one we haven't seen before, and it's okay that Gable loses. I thought this was a, a, a win-win-win all around. I loved this, Justin Labar. On a scale of 9 to 10, what did you rank it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I guess like a – it barely passed. I give it a 7. You know, it, it, Look, it, it was perfectly fine. There's some fun counters. I mean, these two guys are, you know, on the smaller side of the – on the size, but they're very athletic and, you know, obviously both – especially Chad Gable, very – very Matt savvy. I like more entertainment with my wrestling. This doesn't, I mean, you know, the promo beforehand really didn't do much for me. This doesn't, I want, I, I like my entertainment flavor. Uh, I, sometimes I like a little bit too much to Raj's distaste. You know, I, I, sometimes I like the crazy, the magic or whatever. I, this, <laughs> this was just a little bit too much. And that's kind of the show as a whole. I know we're not going to give the whole grade yet, but that's kind of the show. Like, there's some good wrestling and some good stories within stories being told. But I don't feel like there's a ton of like, yeah, you got to come back next week and see this. There's not a ton of there's not a ton of that must see urgency. If Lily was on commentary, (laughs) (laughs) if she was on commentary, absolutely, I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had it on mute the whole night. And and let me make it clear, I'm big on the entertainment too. For me, it's always been characters and storylines that have drawn me in, and and the match. A good match is the icing on top, you know, uh, to you have a big storyline building to a, a, a match. And if the match is great, that's the best. Even if the match is OK, is if the storyline getting going into it uh, really sucked you in, then then that's a win. Um, I, so I, I get what you're saying, Justin. But I thought with, where Chad Gable's been, I thought this was uh, this was good for him, I thought. And working with, you know, one of the bigger stars in Finn Balor. Um, I, I do think they dropped the ball on Otis. He's just kind of undecided, you know. A former Mister Money in the Bank, mind you. Former, yeah. This time last year, he had the money in the bank. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I think with Chad, you know, hopefully they do more with him because he, he's he can talk. He's just a little on the small side, and that always holds him back. But he can talk and he can go in the ring. So uh, I hope they do more with him. And, and I should clarify when I said I thought this was great and, and give it all the praise is I'm not saying this could, should should have been a WrestleMania main event, but I'm thinking mid Raw three hour episode. You got to give give Finn a yeah. chance to get some wins that look meaningful. You got a guy who can wrestle, put him in there, let him do their thing, kill some time. That's kind of fr- that's what I'm. And, and it's a fresh match. It's not a yeah. rematch from the week yeah. before, yeah. so. Yeah. That deserves some credit. <laughs> That's the right. scale that we're at at this point. And right. To their credit, they didn't have that many rematches tonight. I think they just had the one. Um, right, which we're um, about to get which to. We'll get, yeah, we're about to get to real uh, quick. Uh, Sam Cooper in the chat says, love the podcast, Jack, Raj, and Justin. Thank you, Sam. We appreciate that. Thanks, Sam. We really appreciate that. Thank you, um, Sam. And then uh, we have... Uh, Street Profits versus the Dirty Dogs with uh, RK Bro on commentary. Uh, crowd hijacked this one just a little bit uh, throughout the night. They seem to really want Randy Orton throughout this match. Um, this one, I mean, I like the teams. I feel like both teams are sort of stuck in that neither is very threatening right now category. But Omos comes out, 
messes everything up. Randy Orton is about to lose his mind before we suddenly cut to a, a video package abruptly. But uh, I don't know if there's much to take away from this. Do you guys have any thoughts? It just felt kind of like Randy Orton and RK Bro are over. They're very over. Yeah, they 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 yeah they were more over sitting that uh, a commentary chair where nobody in the arena could hear what they're saying. <laughs> they were right. more over than any of the four guys in the ring. Um, fun viewership note: My wife walked in the room and she watched for about ninety seconds. She goes, "Ziggler's still wrestling." <laughs> I said, "Yes, oh, still still and he still looks the same." He does. <laughs> yeah. Well, she. I mean, she. I think the first WWE event she went to ever with me was like. Um, I want to say we went to a TLC in Baltimore because we went to see. Kevin Nash was in a, in a like a TLC match with Triple H, and I and and I we had just I just worked with Kevin a few months prior, so like we all went to Baltimore. And I think she met Z- <laughs> like you know Ziggler was on that show, of course. I was like Ziggler was like uh, that was like when Ryder like won the U.S. champion, and Ziggler was you know he <laughs> he was in the fold, and so she's just like Dolph Ziggler's still there. And I'm like he's still there. He's <laughs> earning a paycheck. Gotta love it. Yeah. I felt um, bad. There was a there was kind of an underhanded shot at poor Bobby Roode from Randy Orton at one point on commentary where he says, "I've known Dolph Ziggler for almost twenty years," and and Bobby Roode, uh, we had a match like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bob. <laughs> uh, yeah. Editing, yeah. I think there's some editing thing at the end, but you know the, these two teams against just against each other, they haven't. Uh, they haven't wrestled each other just one-on-one or four, you know, two-on-two, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it feels like they have been because they were they were wrestling every week, every week on SmackDown just earlier this year. I just feel like I've seen this match a lot. I could not care less. Um, there were no real stakes, right? They didn't say mm-hmm. it was a – they can't say a number one contender, whatever they call it, the championship. Championship contenders match? Yeah, yeah. So – uh, oh, is, oh is, number, is number one contender on the blacklist of, of on the no no list of phrases now? Yeah, yeah, top contender. Or um, is it? Are they really not allowed to say number one contender? Or yeah, that- you say title eliminator stuff like that, but not number one contender. It's it's it makes no yeah. sense. It's it's outside of the real world. It's one thing if they don't do that in in the UFC or you know real sports, then and it sounds dated. But otherwise, it makes no sense why you can't do it. It's it's bad. I, I wonder if there's a level of them not wanting to say it because they don't want it to sound too sport, so they don't start getting, uh, you know how they don't want it to seem like too much of a sport because they don't want to start getting regulated like a sport. Oh no, it's not that. Something, something like that. I don't know. What do you I'm, think Vince would do though if he saw? What do you think Vince's reaction if he watches a an AEW segment and he sees the, the graphic come up and it has the record and it's, <laughs> it's the record of, of who of the wins and losses and he goes. God damn, who's keeping track of that? <laughs> God damn, pal, look at these marks. <laughs> uh, Pritchard said something recently in one of the podcasts that I, I never thought about. He, he said, he, I think he was answering a question, and he was saying something like, "I think somebody asked, like, you know, what, what would Vince's favorite match be?" And, and Bruce basically was like, "Well, yeah, maybe Hogan Andre because of just what it meant in in the, in the grand scheme of the company." <laughs> but he was saying, he's like, Vince doesn't like go back and watch things over again. He, he, he moves on as quickly as he, as he's done something. And I totally believe that. And obviously Bruce Pritchard would know. And I just got, I started thinking, I was like, what a concept. It would never happen again. What a, what a thrill that would be. If you put Vince in a situation, like one of the Conrad podcasts, where it's all about reliving and rewatching events or careers of somebody. And like, you know, Vince, he probably never has watched 
his match against Austin at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, the cage match, or he never has watched back his match with Shane at Mania 17. And, like, to let him see it for the what would legit be the first time let him see it. What is yeah. like just just what if, if anything would trigger any comment or if it would just be this is boring. I know what happens. Let's just move <laughs> on. You know, I don't right. know. It got yeah. me thinking. I yeah. wonder if he's the kind of guy that remembers like the things that he did. Not because he's, he's forgetful, but I wonder if he's one of those guys. It's like, look, I've, I've filmed a million shows. I, I, I don't remember this stuff. You know? I, I, I don't know about like storylines if he like if he you know recalls like rain man style recalls what right. he was doing and like what the lead story was in november of 95 between bret hart and diesel but something that struck me was the few times here in pittsburgh and this is that and his lawyer jerry mcdivitt of course was you know front and center with these dark side of the rings recently which it was, lawyer, that was jerry, great by the way it was uh jerry mcdivitt's based here in pittsburgh always has been um I've gotten to to, to to work with Jerry and talk with Jerry a couple times and, and work events with him. And, and I remember one of the things that struck me with talking to him is Jerry McDivitt, this high-powered lawyer who doesn't just represent Vince. I mean, he, in WWE, he you know, has other clients, but he's been doing this with Vince and them for 30-plus years. It was really – it's really amazing to me how well Jerry remembers talent, both their talent name, the real name, what the legal – what the litigation was over, like – and so I kind of, I assume, like, I'm like, I kind of feel like this is like an extension of Vince in the way of, like, they, again, they're not going to be able to tell you minutia of storylines. That doesn't really matter. It was just a day. It was just a day at the office. But they do remember the people who work for them and the good they did them or vice versa, the bad they did them. Yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, he's he's done so much. It, it, it'd be, I'd be impressed if he could remember too much, a whole lot of it. But but one thing, though, is he was so hands-on with coming up with these storylines back then. You know, whereas now he's he just kind of goes through a script, rips it, rips it up, and then repeats you know, what they did last week. Um, so who knows? I bet maybe he can remember a lot of the stuff going up to, like, the Andre match pretty vividly and, and, and some of those big ones. But who knows? I'd love to see it. And it sucks as we'll never know because he's know. never – for as long as he's alive, he's never ever going to do sit down and do a podcast like that. He's never going to. Such a shame. He's yeah, never he, did the, he did the Austin one, but and even that was his guarded. Yeah, it, perfect word, guarded. Exactly. He even to even to arguably one of his top three greatest stars and money makers ever. He he kept a guard up. I'd like to see Triple H too with his guard down. You know, with. Uh the triple H that would go out with the click, you know, that with that personality coming out, as opposed to the super guarded, uh, you know, corporate triple H. I'd love to see him on a podcast as well. I think there's a chance of that sometime in life in his lifetime, but it yeah. wouldn't be until after Vince McMahon is no longer in charge. Right. Yeah. I feel like he'd have to be done before he's uh, doing that. Brian Outen says in the chat, Hey guys, sorry, just getting in the discussion, but is uh, Bianca and Becky rival rivalry over? Yeah, it's getting boring. Bianca kept losing. She's so talented. Just asking, stay safe. Um, yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I am not a fan of how this rivalry has gone. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to pitch in on that. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's over for now because they teased Liv. Have we gotten to that segment yet? Or... Uh, almost. Almost? Okay. Up, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it looks like Becky's moving on to Liv. I don't know what they're going to do with Bianca next. They haven't really pushed anyone hard on on raw that i feel like is a worthy opponent for bianca right now 
it's um it just since it's natural we can kind of skip ahead and just talk about that yeah Liv just kind of walked up on becky by the way copying the fickle line which i feel was a little little uh little steely a little bit <laughs> saying uh saying fickle but uh Liv just steely walked, dan steely dan <laughs> uh walks up Liv walks up, and I guess it looks like she's the next contender, even though I don't remember Liv winning a whole lot of matches. No, she just lost last week in two minutes to Carmella. This will this yeah. what drives me nuts with WWE is someone loses, and the next night they're put in a world title program. We just, we just, we just had it with Seth. Uh, you know, yeah. he l- loses to Edge, and now he's in the world title program. The last uh, thing that Liz Morgan, Liv Morgan did was she was a lesbian that crashed Lana's wedding. That's the last thing that Liv Morgan did. I mean, that's As far it, as the story, yeah. Yeah, they had they had her doing promos for a few weeks, and then they just disappeared. Uh, you know, she's got a unique, you know, some unique charisma, and uh, she's got some star power. But they just don't know what to do with her either. People uh, love her, yeah, like, on social media, and you hear the crowd for her. They love Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, Naomi, they have a real underground following, and it's not even underground. They have a real passionate following, and I feel like. Uh, it's not always tapped into. That said, still not happy about what happened with Bianca Belair. I feel like Bianca oh. should Bianca if if she's going to lose like that, she should have been the one that gotten to roll up on Liv Morgan or something so that we could pivot her into something else. I'm just trying to defend Bianca Belair. I like Bianca Belair. I said it in the beginning. I'm a, I'm biased. I want her to be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, if Liv is going to be challenging for the title, why not have her beat Carmella last week? Makes you know, again, you're a scripted sport. Trying to make this make sense. Maybe they're fickle. Maybe they're fickle. Uh, uh, real quick, before that, we had uh, Damian Priest and T-Bar in just an insane match. That was great. This one was a repeat, but I felt okay about this one being a repeat because the last week it didn't end clearly. So we get this match, no DQ, and boy, howdy was it no DQ. Damian Priest, Justin, I want to ask you about Damian Priest here. Quickly becoming kind of like a Sheamus where his matches are going to go hard every time he's out there. Yeah, he's had the best 2021 of anybody on the roster. And I know that I say that and he's not been world champion, but that's not what I'm grading on. I'm grading on where he started and, again, looking at the big picture. And uh, he's uh, he's primed it on the timeline. Again, uh, this whole theme is me making rumble predictions. (laughs) He's primed on the timeline to be – uh, I was going to say, can, is he Final Four also? Well, he's he's certainly a contender in the conversation. He's going to, you know, I mean, just looking about the way his year has gone, but barring barring health and barring, you know, he doesn't like sneeze on Vince and like all of a sudden get on his bad side. Um, you know, he no he's, he's he's primed. <laughs> um, he you know he really we talked about it last week, the change in the music and the graphics and the more duality of the of, of the personality. And again, that was tonight. They talked about it, and he he put it into a, a new gear. He found a new gear of brutality. He also took some brutality uh, from T Bar. This, uh, you know, it's, it's a ridiculous. T Bar's ridiculous. We all we can think about is, is is the leftover stink of retribution. So they need to just get him out of that. But it just in the match tonight, T Bar hung in there and looked legitimate uh, with what he delivered. T Bar then took some vicious ass chair shots from Damian Priest. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a rematch, but I was okay with it. Um, it was violent. It was it, it was everybody benefited out of it. Um, yeah, but Damian Priest, he's he's the guy that I'm looking. If you're asking me for like yeah, Rumble and Mania, he's he's a guy who's 
he's going to be up there in the uh, the priority of, of booking. You know what uh, would have made this match so much better? Is if his name wasn't T-Bar and he didn't have <laughs> yeah. that ridiculous gimmick. Because this was one of, this was probably, there was a lot of good action tonight. Uh, this yeah. was probably the second best match of the night, I think, behind Becky and Bianca. Um, yeah. And, man, I mean, they went at it. And, you know, much respect to T-Bar. He, he looked really good. He's showing what he can do. He just needs a gimmick change pronto. And, uh it, it, He's got the size. They could use him. So, you know, why not? I was, I said, I, I feel like if you just watch this match in a vacuum and you had, I think even the, personally, I think even the look of T-Bar isn't bad outside of the stink of retribution. It's just the name is That's, so bad. Well, that, well, actually, you know, again, in the vacuum, if he just, well, I mean, it would make more sense if he was like, if they used something with the, like, the name, with, with the letter D because, People know him as Dijakovic and Dijak and whatever. Like so, the T bar just. But yeah, it's it's that he is just a cast off of Retribution. If if he didn't have that background, if if that wasn't there, we we would probably be less hard. You know, we would be you know we would be as hard on him. It's just that yeah, they need to get him. Just he's got great size. Just give him a new name and give him just a new look that has nothing to do with any remnants of, of Retribution because that's yeah. hard to shake. That was like. They thought that was going to be their big summer of 2020 angle that was going to get the buzz of this crazy anarch group, and it was just one of the just worst things they'd ever done. Yeah, the T-Bar look and gimmick just it reminds me of like someone writing for a sitcom in the 90s, and we're told like, "Hey, we want to have a wrestler on this episode," so they make the most you know that doesn't watch wrestling. They just make the most stereotypical you know, name and, and look that you could come up with. That's yeah. that's where he's at right now. And hopefully yeah. they, they drop that soon. We talk about Vince doing a show. I would love to see Vince do a watch along of one of the first retribution episodes and just get <laughs> live reaction of what he what he thinks he's seeing and how he feels about Didn't, it looking back. They crashed Vince McMahon one time, right? Like Vince was introducing the Thunderdome and then I think Bray Wyatt came out and then Retribution came out. Yeah, you're right. The the, yeah. the fiend the fiend stood toe to toe. Yeah, because it was like this moment of like this, kind of these holy shit moments of like this could be something, and they all of a sudden Vince just got out of the ring. <laughs> just, <laughs> right. And so then nothing, they nothing did happened between Retribution and the Fiend either. So Vince McMahon, who's on TV like four times a year, had <laughs> <laughs> had a segment the, with Retribution, the biggest heels, <laughs> right. and nothing. And he just walked out of there. He was just like. Screw this. He just dropped yeah. the mic and walked out. He saw out. firsthand how lame, the, how lame it was. Ah. Uh. Oh, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> well, Apollo comes out, and it looks like Apollo is the next contender for the U.S. title, which makes sense because Apollo was all over the Intercontinental title on SmackDown, so uh, kind of settling into where he was at here on Raw. Commander Aziz. Um. We get some 24-7 shenanigans. Not really sure if there's anything to note there. Uh, but uh, if you want to add anything, add it. But I want to talk about Owens, Biggie, and Rollins. Another great match. This was the second thing that I wasn't super happy with, though. A lot of things I like from this. But again, Kevin Owens came off looking kind of like a super chump at the end of this. Not <laughs> only did Rollins try to help him, he actually helped him. Still KO lost. And he got laid out by Biggie. Why do I feel like I should care about this guy being involved with these dudes when both of them kind of punked him out? He really felt like someone who might be on his way out. 
I, I was I was gonna say we can't look past the fact that again, so if it's if it's become knowledge that his contract's up in three months. Right. That like this very much feels like all right, well we're not gonna just put you on the bench. You're not gonna sit and cater. We're gonna use you, but we are going to use you to help elevate whoever else we can in the process. We are gonna try to make your stock look as ridiculous as possible. Even though if or when he leaves and goes to presumably AEW, he's not going to be Kevin Owens. He's going to be Kevin Steen, you know. So, but it, the, the, but but obviously people are going to recognize him. They're going to know this Kevin Owens. It, it, this is just a total. This is a. This feels like a Dean Ambrose on the way out. Yeah, Dean Ambrose. They were just beating him mercifully by you know by D, uh, Drew McIntyre every week when he was when he was leaving. So that's what it felt like to me. It didn't feel like someone whose contract's coming up in a few months. Uh, like someone who's staying and there have been people in the past last year i think we were the first at wrestling Inc. to report about cesaro when his contract was up and they didn't do that kind of booking with him they they phased him out a little but they weren't uh making him look like a chump and and he had resigned and then he resigned so i mean it, even to the point that i it, i feel like it hurts them because they ended the show saying next week kevin owens versus rollins i'm thinking Dude, you just got beat twice in a row. You got punked by both these guys. Why would I care to tune in next week to see how that's going to unfold? It's like it's like that guy that gets knocked out t- twice in a row, and like next week he's fighting the world champion in UFC. Like, I don't want to watch that. He's gonna. Yeah. I, I would want to watch CM Punk versus the UFC champion after his two losses. Why would I want to see Kevin wow. Owens versus anyone at this point? It's bizarre. I get what you're saying, Jack. It's bizarre because on the one hand they they uh, approach things on the we always need to be booking to the casual fan. We need to recap what happened on the major stories a couple times a night. and We need to, on the one hand, they book to the casual fan, but then at the same time they almost acknowledge in the very thing you just said, that they're just expecting the same trained fan to just show up and watch every week, no matter how good or bad it is. So they're kind of like, oh, come watch Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. You haven't seen that happen in a while. That's exciting, isn't it? It, it, You know, it's like they it's almost like they contradict themselves in philosophies uh, of, yeah, we're booking the most casual fan, but then we're just relying on the loyal fan to understand the value of Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Yeah. yeah and I think it, it, the draw is more that, you know, it'll probably be a good match. But, right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, they're relying on the, you know, this will be a quality bell to bell 20 minute match, but nothing's going to matter out of it. But then right. at the same time, they're trying to figure out a way to like grab Joe Schmo not to watch the World Series. It's like, okay. I don't know. Yeah, when, when is game six? Is that tomorrow? I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, someone in the chat. Clearly no one in our, in our panel watches baseball. I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan. I tuned out of baseball back in May. I'm a Mariners fan. I don't get very far into the season before I start tuning out. Uh, but, uh, so tomorrow is game six and joseph uh if you don't mind saying when if it goes to a game seven when would that be uh, and uh yeah so it, anyway carrying cross is still missing um jackson Riker is losing on main event now and elias whatever happened with that he's still at the cemetery yeah he's burying something He's probably trying to dig up that guitar now and say, hey, I can still play if you guys need me. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, again, it feels – WWE finds themselves in these, hey, we're kind of coasting until the next thing spots very often. And it feels like they are 
already getting into coasting until the new year mode and it's a long ways until the new year so i hope i'm wrong but yeah it's i don't know i didn't really i i feel like they have they have two stars that could have made at least interesting for the next month if they wanted to and bianca belair and kevin owens and they just kind of stomped on them well and not only that uh, we have three weeks until survivor series and like nothing has been done like to to uh promote that show at all yeah, well, it's it's funny to to kind of go back to the Kevin Owens thing just because I I am still stuck on it. But the <laughs> uh, you look at how he, when he had his rivalry with Roman Reigns and and how different that was. Where even though Roman Reigns ended up beating him the whole time, he they at least made him seem like he was a a feisty underdog in the match and he could do something. Where here, you just think, dude, you just got wiped out, like. I, I have no faith in him doing anything, and it, I don't know. It's They could have at least, even if he's leaving in three months, they could have at least pumped him up for three weeks, gotten him through Survivor Series, and then buried him. I, but, again, I don't know. That, those are the two things I didn't like. The rest of it, I thought it was fun action, new matches. I thought it was a good show. I mean, in, in a sense, at the same time, it does make sense. You don't want Kevin Owens beating your top guys on his way out. So, you know. He doesn't have to beat him, but like <laughs> the, Rollins literally, he hit Big E, then he went for the pin, and then he still got, he still lost. He's even though he, it wasn't like the ref saw Rollins or Rollins missed and hit Kevin Owens. Then he got was, laid out after. <laughs> yeah, and then he got laid out after just to double down that yeah. this guy is not a threat to anybody. Uh, so, how many more, how many more guys is AEW going to sign? They're going to sign Kevin Owens. Or Kevin Steen, Bray Wyatt's a free agent now. I mean, like <laughs> Dan Housen. What do the Joey Janellas of the world think? The guys that were in on the ground floor of the press conference of the uh, launch of AEW. Like, what, you know, what are the? I don't know. Yeah. Like, where, where, what do you think if you're you're part of the revolution? Of your, you know, you're a guy that wasn't with the WWE, but now, and now you're just you know. Well, we have this dark and elevation thing for you to be part of. <laughs> Right, like, hey, Rampage is starting. I'll time on there, right? Mm, there's a lot of new free agents. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. I get more surprised when they're signing like, and this is no disrespect to them, but like a Tony Nese or a Bobby you know, Fish a two to Bobby Fish. Yeah, uh, I mean, who are all great talents, but when you're already so loaded, um, Bobby Fish is again. Bobby's, you know, like it's, I'm. I'm happy for him that he's yes. getting. Uh, He's getting paid. So happy for Bobby Fish. I know he's a well-liked guy. He's like 44 years old, 45. Years. Like, Bob, is Bobby, is Bobby, is whatever you're paying Bobby Fish, is he going to bring that back in any ticket sales? Is somebody showing up to an event because Bobby, like, that, it's just. I, I, and, love, and that's, I and, love Bobby Fish. And that, <laughs> Jack, <laughs> shut up. You, you don't, you don't, you, you haven't watched five Bobby I, Fish matches. Shut I, up. I, I'm actually. Oddly, a really huge fan of Bobby Fish. <laughs> no, you're not. Shut up. I, I love Bobby Fish too, but I'm just saying. Uh... Jack Farmer's. I just took Jack Farmer <laughs> for a second. Jack has not even watched a Bobby Fish match. My point is, is somebody paying a fifty dollars ticket, and they're going, you know what? I'm going to see Bobby Fish tonight. <laughs> like, but, uh, you know, yeah. I just, How dare you? <laughs> I'm Tony Reallian. I'm muting you. It's my best way to mute you. Like. That's what I mean. Is he making? A, is he paying for himself? 
<laughs> I, I, I don't know. And again, I, 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 I'm picking on Bobby, but there's other situations of that. It's like, at what point are we just are we just playing babyface to the PR of wrestling? Of we're giving everybody a home. <laughs> they do do a good job of cycling out a lot of people on Dynamite. Usually, the people that are in action one week, uh, you know, a lot of those guys won't be in action next week, which. That can be a bad thing, too, if someone's starting to build momentum and all of a sudden they're not on TV for three weeks. But look, at some point when you got a very crowded roster, it does you do get people uh, not feeling they're getting enough uh, TV time. But we'll see. Speaking but Kevin, no, Kevin Steens is definitely someone AEW would take. Speaking yeah. of not getting enough screen time, I now agree with everything Justin says. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's got the the power of the <laughs> the mouse. Those, those Rod, on the Rod, audio, Rod, Rod is going to unceremoniously kick me off of the show. I did with one click of a mouse. Rod is going to take my power away from me tomorrow. My login's going to be blocked tomorrow. So you know, I'm just I'm just you know flexing the power away. So just got uh, got. Power hungry with the mouse, but all right. <laughs> uh, so acting uh, like he's part of the Bobby Fish fan club. <laughs> Jeez, he's got a great mustache. I can't. Oh I can't, yeah. I can't, uh, I, how, yeah. Do, how do you not like a guy? With and it's Movember, right? It is. Um, so I think that I think that covers everything. Um, if anyone in the chat has anything they want to add, go ahead and hit us with a super chat. In the meantime, I'm just going to say. Uh, thank you to everyone who has been on in the chat, as always. Uh, Rocky, Bernie, uh, MKASPPDO64. Don't even know what that means, but, you know, thanks for being in here. Anthony, the Coog, uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, make sure to tune in tomorrow for the After NXT 2.0 show. That should be fun. We also have the After Dynamite show on Wednesday. Uh, then we take a break on thursday but then you get smackdown and rampage on friday and of course news all week every day stuff's happening pro wrestling um i think that does it for us though uh raj justin where can the world find you online and uh, any final thoughts uh raj Geary underscore 303 for me and uh yeah just keep checking out wrestling.com i got a bunch of big stuff coming up on the site this week so uh keep checking us out Follow me on Twitter. I'll be back Wednesday night uh, after Dynamite. Uh, and I'm on Busted Open Friday morning, Channel 156 with Dave LaGreca and Mark Henry. Yep. And you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. I just did. Uh, I got to do commentary for Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. So check that out. That's a fun time. Uh, but that does it for us until tomorrow and the NXT after show. Thanks, guys. And uh, we'll see you there. <laughs>